Welcome to the Service Management Leadership Podcast with Jeffrey Tiefertiller. Welcome to the Global ITAM Summit, year three. My name is Jeffrey Tiefertiller. We have a great panel for you for two episodes. Pam Fulmer, Rory Canavan, Craig Garenti. Sorry, Craig, if I mispronounce it. Alexander Golev. So we'll start with one question for each of you all today. What is one trend in your area that everybody should be aware of? Pam, you are the legal beacon here on this panel. What <laughs> is it in the legal area? Right. So I would say in terms of, you know, large uh, software publishers like Oracle and, and others who are really well known for their aggressive audits, um, a trend that I'm seeing is their customers are starting to get sick of it. And in addition to hiring, you know, folks to help them resolve the audit, they're actually starting to band together now and uh, look for ways to um, talk to um, public entities about some of the problems that they're finding with uh, these overreaching licensing policies and overreaching audits of some of these um, software publishers. So that's a trend that um, for so long, people, you know, clients typically will say, God, what can I do about this? You know, and I can't believe that, you know, blank company actually does this, that they treat their customers this way. And now I'm starting to see them getting so fed up that they actually take action instead of capitulating, you know, to the extortion demands by some of these um, uh, big software publishers. So they're they're taking that next step and in involving the the legal entities the, into uh, taking them to court, so to speak, or at least filing some type of paperwork. Yeah. So so what we're seeing, um, especially on the antitrust side, um, there's a trend. It's starting in Europe to try to use the antitrust laws to basically change some of these practices. Um, that are going on with some of these big software vendors. And they're on the cutting edge, okay? But it's going to come to the United States too. And so I think look at, look at companies making arguments that software vendors that get you into the cloud, you know, for example, and then kind of tie you into, you know, their cloud and don't let you use other, you know, uh, software in their uh, cloud, et cetera may actually be facing some antitrust challenges. Wow, we have two Europeans on this call, so it's even better, right? Yeah, so, that's true. Uh, Rory, what is the one trend in the SAM space that you think everybody should be aware of? So to, uh, to support Pam's point that there is a, an increased adoption of, um, of the cloud, everybody is, is making that digital transformation towards um, going to the cloud. Um, so it means then as a trend, compliance um, is almost taking a back seat, which is, it almost seems counterintuitive to what Pam was saying, but um, I suspect that those audits that she mentioned are, are increasing because it's used as a stick to get people to the cloud. Um, so having made that transition, I think the discipline of SAM and ITAM needs to modify and take a leaf out of the page of FinOps. So FinOps is pure cost, cloud cost management. 
Um, because SAM and ITAM has been driven largely by uh, a heartbeat of compliance, if you're going to the cloud or you've gone to the cloud, you've already paid for what you've signed up to. So the software vendors are less inclined to audit you in the cloud because they've already had your money. But then what you have to do is start to look at the IT estate in a different way. So you're looking at the, um, the TCO and the ROI of IT services and the IT assets that you and services that you put behind those IT services, as opposed to looking east to west at an IT estate and saying, there's our Microsoft ELP, there's our Oracle ELP, there's our IBM ELP. And then having got that result for those respective ELPs, trying to go back to the IT state to generate a better report. Your, your FinOps management is much more agile. It's, it's almost month to month basis as to what good looks like. So you're not producing that Fabergé egg of a compliance report. You're producing a, well, can we get away with spending this money on IT service X this month? I like Fabergé eggs though. Um, the, the piece that you mentioned that I wanted to push in and ask you a follow-up question on was the, everybody's moving to the cloud and there's going to Pam's point, there's going to be a ripple effect of our licensing I'm picking on Oracle and the Microsoft cloud is mm -hmm. going to be an issue. And you're saying, let's take a bigger picture view and treat all of our cloud. Let's, let's find a simple process on how we're going to deal with all of it. Does that sound right? It, it is. Basically, you're taking a CMDB-based approach on subdividing that overall cost. Because what you're, what you're finding increasingly, because it's too easy to stand up software services in the cloud, it's getting ownership because otherwise the IT department has to own that entire budget and just suck it up and say, we'll pay for it, as opposed to areas of the business which have switched on those services saying, oh, we'll, we'll pay for that little bit there. Or, you know, So it's uh, managing that is, um, is an art in its own right. I gotcha. So Craig is our Oracle expert and uh, always brings a wealth of knowledge. Craig, what's a trend in the Oracle licensing world that uh, everybody should be aware of? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take another um, view on the cloud, right? So everyone's talking right. about the cloud, and we're definitely seeing that as a trend. But what we're seeing underlying that is an increase in complexity and risk and lock-in for customers. So, cloud was supposed to offer freedom and simplicity, and you know, run it in the cloud and you're done. But uh, there's 40 years of Oracle licensing that customers have to deal with. And you have multiple parties that are looking to get a piece of those cloud dollars. So whether it's Google Cloud or AWS or Azure or Kindrel or IBM or Atos or Oracle or whoever, uh, everyone wants that, that cloud revenue. So it's becoming more complex uh, from a licensing perspective. It's also becoming, I think, more risky from a financial perspective for clients and in a couple of ways. There's the obvious risk of, hey, I'm licensing this incorrectly and I could be up for an audit. But again, since you mentioned we focus on Oracle, now that um, Oracle has been in this space for a few years, we're starting to see those Oracle cloud renewals. And some of the tactics that Oracle has used on the on-premise world, we're seeing permeate into the cloud world. For example, customer goes to Oracle, say, hey, I'm spending $2 million a year for this product. 
I don't have 500 users anymore. I only have 300 users. And Oracle says, great, you should spend $2 million a year going forward. <laughs> and it becomes so late in the process that customers have no leverage, right? So um, the lock-in that people thought they were avoiding by moving to the cloud um, is actually becoming exacerbated, right? So I used to call it an unintended consequence of cloud, but I think it was actually very much intended by these cloud vendors uh, and software vendors. So the, the trend is cloud, the consequence is compliance, financial risk, complexity. Um, it's, and I think some of that, you know, to what Pam said and, and customers are just fed up by it now. And, so and Jeffrey, could I just hop in and add a, a point there to what Craig said? I totally agree with everything he said. And the other thing that you have to remember is that if you don't start planning, you know, well before you re-up, he's right, you're not going to have any leverage because unlike with on-premises software, Oracle can just flip a switch and you're shut down, okay? And that gives them incredible leverage. So, you know, get people in there early to analyze the situation and have your battle plan ready because if you wait till the last minute, you're just going to be paying a lot more than, than you're going to want to be paying. That's good feedback. And Greg, when you mentioned that, it reminded me of Rory and Alexander. This may not be how it is in the UK, but here in the US, when you call your cable internet provider and you say, we don't want a home phone anymore, we're paying 80 bucks, we just want to have the internet instead of the internet and phone, they go, that's great. We can do internet only for $79.99. <laughs> and you end up paying the same amount for just internet as you did internet and phone. That's yeah. what it reminded me of, Craig. It's true. You sort of have to switch internet providers, right? I'm going yeah. to go away from this. And then you can come back a year or two later and they'll, it's the same thing with software vendors, right? If you can, you know, um, if you can tell a software vendor, how about I give you nothing, right? If that's, if that's a viable option then they're much more likely <laughs> to negotiate with you than to get nothing. Yes, and, and that brings me to Alexander, and I did that to Microsoft rep once, is they said, hey, it's going to be X. And I was like, you know, we could always go to the Google products, and, you know, it lit his fire pretty well. And uh, but just to be able to say, yo, we don't always have to use you. So, Alexander, what is one trend in the Microsoft licensing area that everybody should be aware of. Let me start, it's, it's a bit of a fun to be the last one in the queue because firstly, I can argue with Craig and, uh, and Rory and I can also steal a few lines from them as well. So it's a, it's a nice one. So uh, we actually, you know, although you kind of put me in the, in the, in the UK, we operate both in, in the UK and in the, in the United States as well. And we also have uh, recently, we have business in New Zealand and Australia, which is absolutely crazy because when they have daytime, we have nighttime here. Right. Uh, we, uh, in the Microsoft space, it's it's almost the same as, I'll be repeating what has already been, been said. Everybody's moving to the cloud. But in regards to the audience, I'm not seeing, I'm seeing different trends in, uh, uh, in uh, Europe. And in the United States, and you know, the question was, what's the the the, the only trend? What is the, the 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 most prominent, right? So, what what is what is the most important trend? It is moving to the cloud. It is moving to the cloud, and uh, but I think I think what's going on behind the scenes is much more important. 
Microsoft in the recent two, three years managed somehow by manipulating various things. For example, they reduced uh, European audits to a half. And when you reduce audits to a half, that basically decimates the noise about the audience. They're still happening, but they're, they're very few. In the States, it's not as, as fantastic. So, so we're seeing the trend uh, reducing by about 20% right now. So, so I think the biggest trend here is how Microsoft works with the, with the young clients. Microsoft now managed manage to turn the entire conversation upside down because uh, what we do, what we used to do, and now we, we need to adapt to this. We used to help uh, clients strategically renew their agreements and, and therefore save costs and only pay for what they need. Now the money is not the main topic. Now they're buying the value. They've been sold the value. Microsoft, as I said, turned the whole conversation upside down. So now the money, money is not an issue. Nobody talks about the money, and especially that is combined with the printer that was turned on during the, the COVID pandemic. Basically, uh, basically turned it into into uh, just absolutely uh, like you know spending without looking back. And and that is where so and that is that is the trend, and and therefore they shifted this whole focus into adoption, buying new technologies, evolving digital transformation. Fine, that is great. But the downside to that is that when you have unlimited cash, it's all fine. At some point, that cash will run out, you know, with what the Fed is going to do, uh, well, in, in a week, right? So about, and then with the with the current developments in the, in Europe, as of which we all know, the, the cash will run out. And then they will start realizing that they could have saved 20, 30% of the budgets, but they didn't. And for some of them, it, it, it's already too late because they've renewed agreements. They've committed to something new. And that is that that is the trend. That's probably the biggest one. But I can talk about Microsoft trends for hours. I understand. And Microsoft, I think, is in trying to increase their footprint on everybody's laptop and everything to a, to a greater they extent than we realize. They're doing really well, I must tell you. So, so I was very skeptical about the security products, about E5, uh, and 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 all the other nice and shiny things they brought in. Now I'm seeing my clients switching from third-party security solutions to E5 willingly. Right. They want it. It works. So I I'm not blaming Microsoft for any like technology failures. It's it's very good technology. As like it's like with Oracle, you know, Craig, you probably will agree with me that. Oracle's technology is brilliant. It's the way their sales uh, uh, operates is questionable. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And, and one of the things that I appreciate about Microsoft, you all may not, is I follow their Twitter feed. And they have an outage almost every other day or every third day because somebody puts in a change and then they're like, hey, we have to back it out because Teams isn't working in New Zealand. And I just think, I appreciate the transparency. Let me just say it that way. I appreciate their transparency because not all of us would like to air our dirty laundry, so mm. to speak. And so, mm. you know, what I mean, like, I appreciate that. And I, and to your point, Alexander, the Microsoft piece is really interesting because it touches everyone. I don't care who you are, you use Microsoft products of some variety. It's hard not to. And so it touches everyone, personal and uh, professional. Those of you who are listening to this, I, I encourage you to make sure that you watch the video so you can see Rory's cat. 
Last year, it was Rory's uh, spouse bringing him a tart during this. And this year, it's Rory's black cat. And so uh, thank you all for joining us for episode one. We'll have a second panel discussion next week. And uh, make sure you look up Pam Fulmer, Rory Canavan, Craig Garenti, and Alexander Golev on LinkedIn. They do great work. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.